Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says that it is written, What no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, and what has not entered into any mind. God has prepared for those who love him, who are called according to what? His purpose. Now, let me ask you this. What is the scripture this morning that we are supposed to study? Somebody stand up and tell me. Somebody stand up and tell me. Anybody? Yes, Pastor? All right. How many of you do not remember? Don't raise your hand, but raise your heart. Because I asked you, and many of you cannot come up with this, that's why I'm not going to be teaching you. Yes, what? Yeah, this morning I'm saying, did you read it this morning? Okay, that's First Kings. First Kings today is chapter chapter nineteen to twenty-one. Well, twenty-one, nine, three verses, twenty-two, good. Yes. So, I will have asked you the reflection. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Uh, Dignity, can sit down. Is uh, brother, what is his name? The brother from from Cathedral, uh, from New, New Cross. Stephen, is Stephen here? Where's brother Stephen? Pardon me? Stand up, come over brother Stephen, come and give us your... Let's put our hands together, we'll hear a reflection from brother Stephen. Because I remember that I told brother Stephen to come in. For 10 minutes, brother Stephen is going to be sharing with us. Uh, from the Bible study of the week and I want you to listen attentively Brother Stephen okay, sir. Amen Well I'd like to thank our Father and the Lord for giving me again the opportunity to share with you Isaiah chapter 58 and 59 but when, as I start, I want to outline a few points that our Father and the Lord also shared with us with Isaiah 58 and 59, which are very key. The first one is, sin separates a born again from God. Sin separates a born again from God. Number two, sin hinders God's deliverance and I can link this to Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1 which says surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to deliver and the ear of the Lord is and the ear of the Lord is not too dull and it shows how when we sin it stops God from answering our prayers as it says in verse 2 your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so not hear you so when we sin against the Lord it stops God from answering our prayers and number 3 Sin testifies against you in judgment. Sin testifies against you in judgment. And number four is, a sinner has no defense before God, because when your sin testifies against you in the court of heaven, it stands there to show, it stands there because you have committed a sin, and the only way you can be defended is by the blood of Jesus. It's only by God's grace and mercy that is our defense. And also, number five, 
your lips and thoughts, God wants to be cautioned. Your lips and thoughts, God wants to be cautioned. And you can link this to Isaiah chapter 59 verse 4. And how it talks about the, the, the Israelites at that time that were wicked. They always think evil. They always think bad about one another. And our thoughts and mind are very key in Isaiah 59 as it talks and it highlights all what the wicked people do. Truth is nowhere to be found. And Isaiah 59 links to our day and age, as, especially in the church of God, because it, the truth is not to be found. There are so many false teachers, false prophets, bringing up false doctrines into the church that those who preach the truth, they're very rare. You can't find many of them. And also on our streets, sin has multiplied so much. And it shows us that we're in the end times. And also I'll talk about Isaiah 58, which is titled True Fasting, where God is dealing about the Israelites' heart to fast. And it's very key in this day and time because we hear a lot of teachings about fasting. So that 40 days fast, 50 days fast. But if you look at the Bible carefully, it talks about how we should fast. So in Isaiah 58, it talks about that the Israelites, they seem to be eager to follow God's ways. But because of their attitude, their lifestyle, God can't answer their fast. Because it says, in your fast you do as you please. Your fast ends with wicked fists in Isaiah 58:4-5, And it shows us that when we're fasting, we can't be wicked. We can't do what repels against God. We need to live a godly lifestyle when we're fasting and also it means that when we're fasting we shouldn't behave and then when we're not fasting we shouldn't misbehave because that's hypocrisy and God isn't a God of hypocrisy we need to be real before God and fasting is a way of returning back to God and to be humble before him and when we're humble before the Lord, that's when our fasting means something because God doesn't need our fast. Our fast doesn't move God. It's our heart. And also, the Bible says they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are from far from me. When we worship God with our lips and our hearts are not in the words we're saying, it's pointless. It's only what comes from the heart that God cares about. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's ever in our heart reflects our attitude, our lifestyle, our conduct, how we treat people. And also, the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. It also says in the New Testament, it also says about our hearts that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as unto the Lord and not for man. And also in the Old Testament it says, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. So it's very key about our hearts. God wants our hearts to be right with him. Our hearts need to be pure. When we have a pure heart, then we can receive from God because... Uh, when our hearts are right with God, then it talks about in Isaiah 58 verse 6 about what our hearts being right with God will produce. It means we'll be kind, we'll be gentle, we'll have the fruits of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23. So when our hearts are right with God, we'll, be, we'll have love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. 
forbearance, gentleness, and self-control. And also, also, if we have a pure heart, we can receive from God. Whatever we're asking God for, God will give it to us because God's always looking at our hearts. The Bible says, turn to me and I'll turn to you. In other words, if you turn to God with your heart, God will turn to you with his heart. If you turn to God with your mind, God will turn to you with his mind. Just like the Bible says, to the pure, I'll be pure, but to the wayward, I'll be wayward. We're not saying that God will sin, but the way how you treat God is the way God will treat you. Like our Father and the Lord keeps on inter- reiterating that what we cannot get from God, what we didn't put into Him. The Bible says, whatever you show, you shall rip. So whatever you put into God is what you receive from God. So if you don't fast with the right heart, you can't expect God to answer you. And in Isaiah 58 verse 7 onwards, it talks about the benefits, how our light will shine forth like the dawn. God will single us out. This is the year of favor. God's favor will rest upon us when we fast with the right heart. And also, just to clarify that, when it talks about Isaiah 58 verse 6, that you should untie the cords of those who are tied, it's talking about it should be our normal lifestyle. So it's talking about how we need to be right with God on a day-to-day basis. It's not when we're fasting, then we we change our ways. So when we're fasting, we're all good to people. But after we're fasting, we're not. That should be our normal lifestyle. It's our normal lifestyle, normal behavior. Good behavior is what moves God when we're fasting. Because fasting is to humble ourselves before the Lord. Bible says in Joel 2, 12 to 13, that render your hearts, not your garments, and that come to me with fasting, weeping, and mourning. And the weeping and mourning show how we need to be humble before the Lord. And when we're fasting, it renews our mind. And then if we go on to Isaiah 59, it's titled Sin, Confession, and Redemption. And in verse 21, it says, As for you, my spirit, will be, my spirit which is on you will not depart from you. It will not, my words that I put in your mouth will not depart from your, you, your children, your descendants. Means God has put his word in our mouth. Which also links to Isaiah 51 verse 16. I put your word in my mouth. This means when we speak the word, which is prophetic, God will answer it. Because whatever we say, we're speaking God's word. That's why we also need to be conscious of our words. As the Bible says, by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words you'll be judged. That we shouldn't speak careless words, because our words carry power. So when God's power is in us, we need to be cautious of what we're saying to people. Because they carry power. That's why Jesus said, your words are, my words are life and spirit. So whenever we speak, we're speaking the very words of God, the Bible. So we need to be cautious of that. And also, as God's Spirit is upon us, we can manifest the power of God. We've just finished recently the Holy Ghost Convention. And as it says in Isaiah, he's put his word in our mouth. We can speak to situations. We can speak to circumstances. We don't have to live a life of life throws everything at me but we can decide how our lives want to be so if God's told us we will be prosperous and and we're not living a life of prosperity we can speak 
Bible says, Jesus didn't say, pray to the mountain, I'll be removed. He said, speak to the mountain. And if you don't doubt what you're saying, then it shall happen. So when we're speaking, that's why when we're speaking prophetically, we need faith. It says in... Romans chapter 12 verse 6 that he who prophesies should prophesy in proportion to his faith. That's why we need to pray that God will increase our faith on a daily basis because when our faith increases we can manifest higher levels of prophetic. We don't need to be afraid when we're speaking because we're speaking the very heart of God. When we're speaking from the word of God that God this is your word you promised such and such but it's not happening we shouldn't be afraid because God will answer it as long as we have faith so I pray that the Lord will help us to increase our faith so that when we speak things will happen and also to finally or in additionally if we want to manifest the prophetic when we're praying we need to know how to wait on God because sometimes when we're praying we just pray then God is about to speak to us then we just get up and it happens and we notice and sometimes we complain why isn't God speaking to me why am I not hearing from God whereas we need to wait on God the Bible says be still and know that I am God in this day and age we're normally taught to fill every empty space but we need to come to that point of stillness just being silent and I know that when we're silent God will surely speak to us so that's why it's important for us to be wait on God and we can get really good results as long as we waits on God and when we do things the Bible way we get the Bible result so sometimes we do things our own way God said my ways are not your ways neither my thoughts your thoughts and God's thoughts his words in the Bible when we follow the word of God to the letter we'll get the results if God's promised us that we'll be the head and not the tail as long as we do everything necessary it is impossible for it not to happen like apostle was talking about promise how when God makes a promise it's an oath he won't be liable he won't be guilty before men and so whenever we do our part God will surely do his part so I pray that the Lord will help us to do our part in the promise in the mighty name of Jesus and in Isaiah 59 it talks about how the, um, the rapture when it's talking about how the Lord was displeased with there was no truth the way of peace that it was unknown and it links to our society today like they're changing the laws to be against Christianity and we're being heavily persecuted through these laws but it's important for us to stand strong and not to deny our faith and what I'll just say finally to summarize all what I've said is that we need to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. David charged Solomon, he said, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord, the Lord searches every heart and he knows every motive behind the intention. If you seek him, he'll be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll reject you forever. And so when we serve the Lord wholeheartedly, when we seek, and we can see that both sides through Solomon, when Solomon served the Lord wholeheartedly from 
First Kings 3 to 10, we could see how God blessed him. He was the wealthiest king. He had wisdom that nobody else had. He had a breath of understanding that was measureless. But when the minute he decided to sin against the Lord, to be spelled by the devil, that's when his demise came and the Lord forsake him. So if we don't want the Lord to forsake us, if we want to see the manifestation of what is written in the Bible, how the early Christians did it, we need to serve the Lord with wholehearted devotion and seek him and we should seek him for our heart we shouldn't come to church because other people are coming to church like we shouldn't take church as a routine we're coming to meet God God is always here we shouldn't neglect that we shouldn't feel that it's just a normal Sunday noon God is always here and we never know when God will touch us. So I'll finally say that when we're coming to church, we need to have a heart of expectation because we do not know the day that God will answer our prayers. So I pray that the Lord, you'll be blessed by what I've said and also that the Lord will visit you in this service today in Jesus' name. We're going to share the same microphone. Brother Stephen, how old are you? 14. Where were you born? In London. And you grew up in London? Yes, sir. So you are a Londoner? Yes, sir. A true representative of London? Yes, sir. All right, I'm saying this. I wanted uh, my viewers to recognize that um, God has his own union in London. Uh, and I'm saying this because I've had some news come to my hair, to my earring, especially from Nigeria, that London had been overtaken by some other religion. But I want to say to you that that news is false. I'm speaking to you from Christ Peter Banaku Cathedral, Woolwich, London. And this is one of the products of London, born in London, bred in London, grew in London, never knew anywhere in the world since he was born but london and also i want to help you understand some people who feel that black means um you know um deprivation or black means uh, you know to be a gangster and stuff i i'm helping you to understand that that is not true that's a wrong representation of black people this man is a black person and is british black but he's a reasonable man as you see him dress there's no earrings on his ear, like a crazy man. He doesn't have plat hair or funny look. This is a, a typical example of a child of God, a person born again who follow Jesus Christ to letter. And I want to say that to help you know that your view about London should change. God has an army in London who are serving him even from their very cradle. We have younger kids in Christ with Tabernacle who serves God and they are all uh, high flyers in the academics because of the fact that they really serve God. He is one of them who is a true representation of what you have heard from him. What he has spoken, if you look at within 10 minutes, he quoted over 20 scriptures. He quoted the scriptures from his mind. That is the mind of Christ in him. Because when he speaks, 
he brings out a scripture to validate his argument. When he speaks, he brings out a scripture to validate his argument. And that tells me how intelligent a person can become if only from your young age you can truly know the Lord and serve the Lord in the proper way. But I will say to you also that he never misses midweek services and he's in school. And we have a good number of them like that. And this is a credit to their parents. It means their parents never miss Bible study. And because their parents don't miss Bible study, they bring them to Bible studies. And he is one of those who contribute every week in New Cross when they have the Bible study. That tells you, if you're a parent, that you can know the Lord as well as your household. I'm very, very much happy uh, for Brother Stephen and the rest of their team who have committed themselves to study the word. Now I said something last, last week. If you look at Brother Stephen, the way he has presented his arguments, you know, tells me that he can be one of the best lawyers that ever lived in the history of the United Kingdom. When he spoke last Sunday, I decided that I would mentor this one in the field of law. He will study law. I don't know what he, you know, he was pursuing before, but this man is a brain. I will mentor him personally in law before he will go to the university for law. I will have taken him through all the principles of law. He will come out in first class and he is going to be one of the best barristers I ever given back to in the Israel of the United Kingdom. If he decides to go into the service, I'm confident that he will become a judge. And you can agree with me, this is what Holy Spirit, or one of the things that Holy Spirit can make a person. So I put our hands together for Brother Stephen. However, he said finally several times. I counted your finalist was three times. Amen. Put your hands together for Brother Stephen. He is an encouragement to parents. He is an encouragement to the young ones. That your home group, homework assignment should not hinder you from being committed to God in the church. And... Um, He's an encouragement to the church of our days. You know what, what, when he started talking, he spoke about the fact that Isaiah 58 spoke about fasting. I wanted to share with you from the book, in this church, let me first clarify this to many people who are probably just tuning in or coming in the first time. In Christ with Tabernacle Church, we have a principle of praying every day of the week. People gather in all our branches globally. Some churches 6 to 7, and some churches 7 to 8. And they pray Monday to Friday. And of course, on Friday, we extend our prayer to um, 9, from, uh, you know, from 6 to 9, and from 7 to 10. Nevertheless, we have other people on every Friday, group by group, who come into our churches to have night vigil. So it will be your turn once in a week. If you're a member of this church, you are divided into a weak group. And you are expected to function, do your Zachariah duty. That is the week, that is your weak group. You are expected to come to church every day to pray. At the same time to, to take care of all the operations and domestics of the church. So that you are trained on church management practically. Uh, in the future, when God calls any one of you, you are fully equipped in your normal church day life uh, on how to set up a church and run a proper church. So, we do that. Also, I make a publication daily of scriptures you should read every day. Three chapters of the Bible in the morning, three chapters in the 
afternoon. And this is the month of September 2018. This church had finished the, new, the whole New Testament three times from January. Together with, you know, some books in the Old Testament. And if you are a member of this church and you do not have understanding about this, please, um, you can contact the, any of the ushers must be able to give you a Bible reading program. If you leave your name and uh, your email, we will send you on a, on a monthly basis, or bi-monthly, I do it now, the Bible uh, chapters will be read each day, three in the morning, three in the afternoon, and you will be amazed that if you just read the Bible like that, you will finish Bible less than a year. And three chapters is so small that you can read it if you're a fast reader in five minutes or ten minutes. If you are a slow reader like myself, you can read it for 15 minutes. But if you look at it, despite the fact that it's so brief and short, it's still very not easy for many people. This week I was discussing with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit asked me, what is the greatest tool that the devil is using in your time to hinder people? And I said, of course, deception. And he said, yes, it is deception. Deception is the means, but the tool is time-wasting. Now, when the Holy Spirit told me that time-wasting, and it began to help me understand, if people can, uh, can add together the wasted time of their life, some people have wasted five years of their entire life in their existence. Some have wasted 25 years of their entire life. And when the Holy Spirit was helping me to know this, I looked at it from an academic point of view, and I recognized that um, it is true. Many people can, Christians can get themselves involved in political arguments, knowing fully well that their argument cannot affect any change. We can get involved in opinions about people and individuals, marriages and stuff like that, knowing fully well that your opinion may be sincere, but sincerely wrong. You may get involved in some other things that you feel so strong that that is what it is, but knowing fully well that in the real facts, if it is a statement of fact, it is, it, is, it is not really true. Therefore, the Lord told me to tell his people to redeem their time. That's why the Bible says you should make the most of your time. And Jesus says, walk when it is day, for a night cometh where no man can walk. Now, to, today, for another 15 minutes, I want to take you through just a brief. When I come back, I'll be teaching you on the kings. You know, this week, for the past... Um, yeah, from Monday up to now, we have read the book of First Kings to chapter 21 today. And tomorrow we start from chapter 22 to chapter 25. I will together now. But in this week, you will discover that you read about two major characters in the Bible in your morning devotion. Of course, we are doing Second Chronicles too. Now, you read about two major characters. Ahab is one of them you read this week. And the other one is... Um, Elijah. Now, I wanted to teach you about prophetic declaration and prophetic utterance using the life of Elijah and Elisha so that you may go better in your prophetic knowledge. But I believe the Holy Spirit will have me share something that the Lord shared with me in the midnight with you. But I'm going to Nigeria tomorrow for the works in Nigeria. And I'll be back with you next week. And by that time, you will have finished studying all the life of Elisha and all the life of Elijah. 
Now, if I ask you to, to share with your brethren during the week on Friday, because now we call various people to come and share 25 minutes on Friday. Please, I want you to use the characters that you are studying, you have studied from this Old Testament, to teach about the gift of the Spirit. Especially when you look at the life of Elijah and Elisha, you will see a lot distinction between prophetic declaration and prophetic utterances. You will see a lot about teaching of faith, the gift of faith. All these characters you have read from January, use them to teach about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Of course, I'm not limiting you to that, but it is a good thing to use them too. You can look into the New Testament, so all of you should be ready. If I tell you you are going to share the Word of God on Friday, I will expect you to look into what we have been studying and also apply it. But if you have not been reading those scriptures that I give you three chapters in the morning, three chapters in the, after, in the evening before you sleep, start it now. Start it immediately. Very, very simple. Hallelujah. That is Apostle William's medicine. Three chapters of the Bible in the morning, three chapters of the Bible in the evening, and you will be amazed that most of the books in the Bible, you can read them, finish them in one week. Some of them you can finish in one day, especially the New Testament, some of the short verses of New Testament, like Timothy, Titus, uh, Thessalonians, all those ones, you can do them just in one day, very easily, study them. But yesterday midnight, today midnight, not yesterday, the Lord began to speak to me about a concern of my heart. And that concern of my heart that the Lord addressed has changed my perspective. The Lord began to talk to me about the church. You know, if you are a member of Christ Faith Tabernacle, or if you are one of those who watch me on television or listen to me on the social media, I will say to you that one thing you will affirm with me and agree with me is this you will hear the truth if you are under me correct yes, come on i can hear you yes, i say anybody who listens to apostle williams we know the truth yes, am i saying the truth or not yes, my evidence is the 15 year old boy he's 14 he calls himself who just shared the word of truth with you now there are many churches in the world today that are cobweb and cages of Satan, of Lucifer, taken over totally by the devil. Millions go there, but they do not know they are left from their right. Not so here. Not so here. Look, 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 look. I am well informed about the things of the Spirit. And you as well. It is not a place where you come and see a liar who brag. It's a place you come and hear God draw. Amen? Amen. That is one advantage. Another advantage that you have in CFT is this. I'm not a person who teaches you to work hard while I loaf around. You are my witnesses. Anything I teach you from the Bible to do, I endeavor and try all my best to also do it. So that you are not only hearing from my mouth that you can do it and you can make it, but you also see my life doing it. Even at the most ridiculous time that it seems as if, how can he really make it? And I'm making it. It is because of you. It is not because of any glory. It is because I want to live a life like Paul, who said, follow me as I follow Christ. And he said, the things that you have seen me do, do also. 
But it will also help you to know that life is easy. If I can attempt those things and achieve them at my age, what about you who is younger? Even if you are older than me, you can achieve anything that heaven has ordained for you. Help you to know the pattern which that young man, Brother Stephen, just said. That God first and then every other thing will follow. (laughs) The Lord Jesus was speaking to me in the week and said to me, I have seen your concern about my church on earth, but let me show you something. The book of Matthew chapter 13 from verse 24. Matthew 13, 24. Now in taking you through this lecture, like I do in other lectures, I also help you to look at the pragmatic way of reasoning. So that you will know, you will understand the procedure of how to get information from letters, from, from any book written, from academics. Because all this procedure came from the Bible. So if we look at this scripture together, it says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Now, the first thing to recognize in any study is the subject matter. If you do not identify the subject matter, you will have a wrong learning. You will read volumes without being able to regurgitate what you have read or to speak, analyze, and also inform others. So the subject matter in this very parable is the kingdom of heaven. Isn't it? Come on now, let's see together. Yes? Jesus told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like. So the subject matter is the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus was about to discuss about the kingdom of what? I cannot hear you. What is the subject matter? Say it again. Say it louder. Is this cathedral? Should I go back to New Cross? Come on now, answer me the cathedral where the subject matter is. Now, who is teaching us about the kingdom of heaven right now? Say it loud. Now, academics is the easiest thing for a man to achieve on earth. To be be a first class student is the easiest thing on earth. But it comes from the discipline of the word of God. If you cannot discipline yourself in the word of God, it will be hard for you to have first class. To be the best businessman is from the discipline of the word of God. This scripture tells me that Jesus was about to talk about the kingdom of God. But then he spoke in parable. Now, parable means a coded language that needs explanation for human understanding. That is what a parable is. It is a coded language of a man. But it needs an explanation for you to have the understanding of it. So Jesus was speaking in coded language. So whenever he does that in the Bible, he calls his own disciples and gives them the true understanding of what he was saying. But if you look at here, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed what? Weeds among what? Let's read verse 25 together, please. 
But while those are, those of you who are in the law practice, follow the way I operate or I interpret the scripture, it will make your practice easy. Do you know something that is interesting? In the first verse, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in a field. That is a character. But in the second one, he's talking to a third party. Did you notice that when we were reading it? Let's read it again. Verse 1. That is 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man. That is singular letter. Yes? That is the principal player. Who sowed good seed in his field? So this man is the owner of the field. And he sowed good seed in his field. Now look at the third party reflected in the next verse. Verse 25. In verse 25, he went one further to say, he went further to say, but while everyone was sleeping, everyone means a number of people, not the man who sowed the field. Did you recognize that? Come on now, let's speak. I don't want to come down so that I won't take you one hour. I want to finish this lecture within 15, 20 minutes. Do we agree? Because I know whenever I come down, I will not know the time is gone until I preach for two hours. But what you can do to help me is that we go along together. I said something. If you are a lawyer, watch me very well. Easy way to win every case. And if you are not a lawyer, if you are a businessman or you are a student, understand me. If you don't understand the principles of discussion, it will be very hard for you. To be able to regurgitate. In medical price, the same thing. You have to know the principles of the discussion for you to be able to regurgitate what you have read appropriately. So here, the Bible is talking about principle, the kingdom of God. Then a principal person who is the person who sowed the field. And the Bible says here that that person who sowed the field is the owner of the field. But then in the next verse it says, but everyone, he's talking about another party. Now it says everyone was sleeping but while everyone was sleeping his enemy can you see the distinction here while everyone was sleeping his enemy is talking about the enemy of the principal man who is the owner of the field do we agree come on now i don't want to speak like you i don't know what i'm saying you come to church to learn not only to the message but to improve your reasoning that is why you come to church a minister cannot deliver that to resign. Let us sit together. The Bible talks about the kingdom of God. Jesus was talking about in parable, the kingdom of God. Then he spoke about a principal man, person. And he says this person planted seeds in his own vineyard. Then the next verse now reflects to another set of people, a compound, you know, plural people. He says everyone, which means some people slept. Not the man who owns the field. But those who slept therefore, he further said, while they slept, the enemy of the owner, his. Are we together now? Hey, MBA man, you following me? Good. I want you to listen to me with your heart. You know, let me say this to you. In education, you will agree with me. Everybody who reads a book 
at the end of the reading or a chapter, they think they understand. Yes? Everybody does. But when the lecturer asks questions, he will look for the ingredients of what you are reading. It, was, it is after they ask questions, you would begin to question yourself. Some people will say, ah, but what does it mean? What does it mean? Now, while others are flowing right in, the difference between the two is that somebody read with his heart, the other one read with his mind. And the same way we approach Bible, Christians who are vulnerable to errors, and they are taken away by errors, Satan deceived them, and then they live a life and regret it, and then they come to be given an example of when they missed it. Are Christians who have read with their mind, not with their heart. When you read something with your heart, you study. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved workman. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. You don't come to church because you want to follow a group or a company. or, or You come to know. So that you can apply it to your marriage, you can apply it to your academics, you can apply it to every part of your life. I'll succeed in everything. Not by gimmicks. Let's go through this. But while everyone was sleeping, his, which means the enemy of the principal man, came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. If this is the only evidence we have in the Bible, and Jesus didn't speak for that, we can begin to deduce some understanding that God planted your life good. But if you sleep, when you sleep and I sleep, the enemy comes and sow wheat. Things that you did not plan, how did, did they come up? It's because at the time of our sleeping, and the word sleeping there doesn't mean physically, because you know it's a parable. It means sometimes we ignore some things, and before we, are, we realize it, things have been destroyed so bad. So bad, so bad. This is normal with every one of us. I have passed through that time in my life too, before I learned a bitter lesson. That the Bible says, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Don't take the words of man for a mere thing. For the word of a man reflects the spirit of the man. Neither do you take the word of God for a mere thing. So therefore, we also can learn that if we are always alert, awake, it is not possible for Satan to plant a seed in our lives. It's impossible. We will have dealt with it before he does it. No, really, let me say something that is a bit logical. If a Christian is awake and alert, okay, the enemy will not be able to because he doesn't go to those who are awake. He knows that when he's coming, you can say, in Jesus' name, cut him off, and he's gone. So, what do you think the enemy will do for you and I to make us sleep? So that he can penetrate. In other words, make us abandon the rules of the scripture. Let me hear you understand that. The Bible says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands, poverty will jump upon you. So what will the devil make a person to be poor? Just to sleep. To take life easy. Levity. And you won't take your life serious. Big dreams. No action. Until one day you are so old and you have grown probably from the age of 15, you have been dreaming big dreams, and one day he wakes you up that you are 50 or 49, you'll be 50 next year. And you say, Oh, I want to do something. He says, Your days are over. 
and you accept it. And the dream God gave you on earth, and he has empowered you to fulfill, you couldn't. Only because you slept. You slept. What causes bitter argument between the husband and the wife who truly love themselves when they really took the oath? To the place whereby it seems as if they hate themselves, but right in them is the connection of the cord. And they are pulling apart. And you do everything to pull them together. It seems as if it's not possible because they slept. And the enemy planted. Let me say this to you. When the enemy, if you, when a man gives the enemy room to plant, it's not easy to pull it out. It takes a harder work. A lazy man who lazy up and then he started fasting and praying so that he can receive a miracle. That fasting will help Lucifer to make him poorer. Are you with me now? So, when that Christian who has a great promise in life is now poorer, he will take him harder work to get prosperous. But if he had been not lazy and been truthful to himself, sincere to himself, not blaming his predicament against Satan or against people, but blame himself for all his predicament. That is a sensible thing to do. Whenever you pass the blame of your life to somebody else, Satan won over you. So if you look at it, therefore, such a person, if he is hardworking consistently daily, it is lesser hard work. And at the end of the day, he will get a gross benefit. But somebody who had wasted his life because he slept, he will end up in poverty. It is a harder work to go and push trucks than to sit down in Barclays Bank with pen and make millions. It's a harder work. So, Jesus is helping us all he know here. Though he's talking about the church, and that is what I will help you understand at the end of it. But, but from what Jesus teaches, because he says parable, parable is applicable to many realms. A Christian is not supposed to be frustrated because God says, I know the plans I have towards you, says the Lord. When you are coming to this world, God had a plan for you. I said it to them in New Cross. Let me say something to you. I love my wife, but God loves her more than I. Because every plan I do for my wife is one-sided. If I help her to succeed, they will say, she is the, he is the husband of the successful woman. Anything I help my wife to become is for me. It's not because of her alone. It's for me. If I make her miserable, or she make me miserable, they will soon call her the wife of the miserable man. So everything she's put into my life to make sure that I am successful is because of her. Because if she helps me and I'm comfortable, she'll be comfortable. If I help her, she is comfortable, I will be comfortable. But there is a God who is different. He helps you for nothing. For nothing. Before he sent you, he programmed you to be successful. Just for you alone. But you understand something? Haven't God programmed you to be successful? He gave you the Bible and principles to help you know how you can earn it. Like the young man said, it's an oath. Okay? There are two, it, it takes two parties to make an agreement. And the both parties have 
duties to the agreement. Therefore, don't sleep when you should be awake. Some people, he make them not to read. Normally in school, they get exams involved with all social lives. And two months before exam, they want to read what they have been taught in a year. You consider it. Can you, not, can you decide not to eat for six months? And all the food you did eat for six months, you want to eat it in two months. So, 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 so your brain don't work like that. <laughs> you can't put it into your brain. You can read everything in two months, but your brain will not retain it. Because your brain will retain little today, little tomorrow, and it will be added. But if you want to put so many at the same time, you are reading it, you will be reading it for you. When you finish, you regurgitate, you can't remember nothing. Because the more you are reading under tension. If Satan can make you asleep, he can sow any seed, any wheat into your life. So, awake. Awake. Awake means be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around looking for something to devour. You should not be bad example every day. Excuse me, somebody. The area you obey is where you get release or result. Are we together now? Come on, church, speak to me. Say, I love you, Pastor. I love you too. People who stay under me are those who want hard truth. No be so. And if you hear my voice on television or on or social media, if you have different view, my voice will pursue you. Amen forevermore. He will pursue you. He will pursue you. Nobody comes under Apostle Williams and then something does not pursue you from there until your life is good. Don't follow them to church. Serve God with all your heart. Easy. Look at what Jesus said here. But while everyone was asleep, his enemy came. The next verse says, When the wheat sprouts or sprouted and formed heads, that is the wheat, which is the one you eat, is now blossoming. Suddenly something happened. Then the weeds also what appeared. Demons of hell don't go to where people are awake. They go to where people are asleep. Someone sent a spell. He cannot catch a man who is awake. If you are born again, he can only work on those who are asleep. Hey, which did something? He can, which is to do what they are supposed to do? What's your business in which is doing what they are supposed to do? But if you are awake, they cannot penetrate you because you are awake. It takes a soldier who is alive and alert to defend himself from the arrow of the enemy, isn't it? Yes, when they have that shield, yes. a soldier who is watching, when arrows is coming, you just carry a shield. All the arrows will do what? fall to the ground. But a soldier who was sleeping and arrows started shooting, he will rise up in his stupor. So what happens to him? He becomes the target of all arrows, isn't it? So are many Christians. When you sleep, Satan penetrates. Tell somebody we sleep no more. That scripture tells me. When Satan penetrated, the people who were the watchmen, who were asleep, they didn't know they woke up. 
And they were still thinking they have tears, uh, seeds, isn't it? They still thought they have the wheat. Suddenly they saw. Let me say this. Is that not true? Let me help you understand this. Those of you who are just married, I'm so happy for you all. Who are my young people married? You all married. If you listen to me, you will. Not if you. You will listen to me. <laughs> by force, by fire. Your own marriage has come to stay. Amen. Did you hear me now? Amen. Let me help you know this. In marriage, this is what Satan does. The man did something out of sincere heart, but it was a wrong move. The woman wondered, why should you do this? But she did not open her mouth to question it. Yes? The second time, the man did again. Because the man didn't know that the woman doesn't like it. The woman keep it to herself. Making how many? Two arrows entered. And after some time, the one who planted those ideas in the woman, because it's vice versa, will now come to develop his idea. Little did the woman understand that her love is going to drain because she has not opened her mouth. The principle of the scripture is if your brother offends you, call him and tell him. Simple as ABC. To tell the person you say you love that, darling, I don't like what you have done, for him to say sorry is easy. Especially when the love is still boiling. I, 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 doctor, you are past through it, so you understand what I'm saying. Now, no, so. Uh-huh. So, but when you keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, then by the time the man thought, oh, let us have a nice time, the wheat shows up. Because they hot inside there. But there's something about weed that will, that will shock you. Just don't let it come in. It is not easily eradicated. This is the major problem. I just use marriage because, uh, you know, it's a common thing for us. And you know, let me say this. If a marriage is, if in marriage, husband and wife are happy, you may be struggling now. You won't struggle for life. You will succeed by force. If there is harmony and agreement. Don't worry, you will succeed. If you are so, so much um, informed and so much in business and home is not good, everything will come down. Every good idea will become useless because there is no peace in that house. Okay? But lack of peace in the house sets in when everyone sleeps who are involved you can remedy a weed when it's just growing you can't remedy a weed when it has grown over the wheat weed is the thorns you can't remedy them when they have fully grown but when they are still growing you can now look at what Jesus said here this is the major problem when the weeds sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. Now look at the next verse. Look at that. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your fields? Where then did the weeds come from? That is the owner's servant are angels. Look at the next one. They observed the life and said, he's a born again. Where did all this come from? 
Now look what it says. An enemy did it. That's why Christians can never stop in against enemy. But when you say enemy here, you remember it's talking about Satan. It's not talking about your father-in-law, your mother-in-law, and all stuff like that. I'm not good to Nigeria. You know why God showed me this? I will tell you. I have a great anger in me. Because of the way people have been mesmerized in Nigeria. From the pulpit. I have very terrible anger inside me. But when Jesus showed me this overnight, that anger changed. Because I discovered that it's wisdom I need to communicate the truth. The platform has been given. Anger must not speak. Because Jesus showed me something I've never noticed in the Bible. And I will show you now. He says, is the enemy who planted this? Let me, before I go away from here. You know, this is also talking about the church of God. Which is the major principal first application. If you look at the church of God today, there are so many weeds, so many doctrines. People go to church, you look at them in millions. They have gatherings and millions everywhere will be going, will be going, will be going. None of them is going to heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are just a bunch of miserable people going to a miserable leader. Convocation of sin. And when those leaders want to really bind them, they will be telling the people, you need a fasting for you to break through. Instead of telling them to repent and teaching them how to serve God. And the people too will fast and fast and fast and fast and fast. Some die in their fasting. You know when um, um, brother, the brother Stephen was sharing with you, he said not our fasting but our heart. If you look at the book of First Kings chapter 19, you will read about Elijah. Everywhere, every time people go to 40 days fasting, it was never proclaimed. Neither did God tell them to come and meet him for 40 days. Read the Bible again. Chapter 19, Elijah was running for his life. An angel, he said, he prayed the prayer that, I want to die, God. If you are looking for somebody to come, I am the one. I don't want here anymore. And he slept waiting to die from his sleep. And an angel woke him up. Elijah, take food. This is not a food cooked by man. It is a food cooked by angels. Angels are spirits. Then the Bible says that chapter 19, it says that after he ate twice, he went in the strength of that. And the Bible says he now, God now said, come to my presence. He didn't tell him for two days. But he was in the presence of God for 40 days. He did not know it. That it was 40 days. What about Jesus? Holy Ghost drove him to do that. So we are in Nigeria. Are they seeing all these 60 days, 100 days fasting? If it's not from the devil. The enemy of Jesus planted those things in those nations. Do you know, when I go to Nigeria, I begin to tell them that, you know, all these things that they are teaching you is a lie. You know, the first thing I will be confronted. Yes, isn't it? What are you talking about? That your fasting can... But you know that God had kept me for all these years with evidences. Yes? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when they confront me, I bring my evidence. And I ask them, how many fasting did I do for this to happen? Tell me. So if I didn't do fasting, what I'm teaching is correct. You who have been fasting 100 days, show me your evidence. They will not have anything. They will not have anything.
So we have time. It is time for us to work. I will create the problem. You go and mop it up. Amen. So if you are a teacher ready to go and teach there, if you are, you know, a pastor ready, you all of you will have job to do when I go cause the trouble. Because my own is to hit and run, and when I run back, then they will send you to go and mop up and teach, and then you are the one who go and be teaching. I when I hit Nigeria down, I will go to Ghana. <laughs> I will, then I will move to America. You know, when it will, a time will come when they say that possibility is coming to this country, everybody will begin to. Both Satan, demons, and the ones in the church. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. And you create work for the saints of God who are faithful. Because you and I can see here how did the church become like this? Everyone slept. The church that was a church of righteousness before, holiness before, became a church where anything goes. Women can dress and open their breasts. I mean, I mean, think about it. If a woman dresses and opens her breast out or her nakedness and laughs her nakedness out, certainly it is because of the spirit that dwells in her. And you can't tell me that's the Holy Spirit. You can't tell me that. No, you, you can't tell me that. Because Jesus says, Woe to he that maketh his brother's sin. If a woman opens her laps, another man is seduced. The sin of that man seduced is on the woman who opened her laps. Jesus said. You are the one who caused a man to, to sin. Hmm. How dare you? How can you see ministers of God with dreadlocks? Which is come from... Rastafarian movement, which is an idolatry institution. A ministers of God, men, planting here, which came from Shogo, which is a, an idol worship in my own tribe. We know that is bad. We know that for years. We were born in it. Now all over England, all over America, all over the place, you see Christian ministers, it doesn't matter how you look. When did Christianity become, it doesn't matter how you look. When the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he looks. No, their own Bible is upside down. And you continue to wonder again and again. When you meet Christians and they are, they are validating their promiscuous acts with the scriptures, perverted. So, because everyone slept. Those who should be the gardener slept. So Satan came and sowed tears. And look, Pentecostal movement is the most unregulated institution under heaven. If you go to Anglican, somebody regulates all their bishopry. Anybody can be a Pentecostal bishop. Born again today, go to school tomorrow, and bishop next tomorrow. Yeah, 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 nobody to regulate them. So if you have not been mentored and been trained, how will you be able to train others? Church is not... It's not... Um, somebody just woke up one day, he started a clothes shop. Even if you want to sell clothes, you will go and learn from those who have been selling it. Isn't it? Church is an organism where we have procedure of doing things. Naming ceremony, we have procedure. Burial, we have procedure. The way we bury young person is different from the way we bury old people. The scriptures we read for young burial is different from old burial. Young die, old die, it doesn't matter. The, it is a place where we wed. We have procedure for wedding. We just don't jump anyhow and walk away, walk away and come in. No, we don't do that. We have procedure. We have procedure to naming a baby. We have procedure to 
you know, uh, um, uh, uh, opening a church, a place, sanctuary for, as a sanctuary. That's a procedure and order of service. It's in the Bible. We have procedure to somebody bought a house. We want to, you know, uh, 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 open the house. That is procedure. Now, somebody who did not grow in an ecclesia or in an institution where such procedure he has been used to it, how will he know it if he goes to start a church? How will he know it? How will he know it? Oh, if someone says that, well, all that doesn't matter, then give me a better procedure. Have you seen any, any, any profession that is not regulated? Excuse me. Does somebody just open a court and say, bring all the criminals to me without being appointed as a judge? Have you heard that before? And in his own court, yes, what did you do? You two say the truth. <laughs> yes, that's what it tells a criminal. And the one who was, you know, who was, somebody stole, the other one is the owner. And he says to the, where the criminal begins to say about how he, he, he did not steal, uh, but he just found the thing in his pocket. Uh, and he said to the owner to that, uh, he, he, he said he just found it in his pocket. Now, now you explain to me, how did your good get into his pocket? And uh, that's what he do. How can you do church like that? Or you see somebody who is not a medical doctor and he opened a surgery. And then he went to take uh, yearly pigeons and he started to open them. And then he says, if you have gob stone, come here. And then he carry cutlass. <laughs> Will you wait? So are many ministers, untrained on school men, destroying destiny of others. Because those who are leaders left and the enemy of Jesus, Satan, planted weeds in the church. Okay. In closing, like Brother Stephen, he says, An enemy did this, he replied. The servants, which are angels, ask him, Do you want us to go and pull them out? And this is the problem. Angels are angry with all false doctrines. They are angry when they see evil prevailing in the lives of Christians. They are not happy at all. Even your own ministry spirit is not happy when all things bad are happening around you. They have this anger in them because they have the power to deal with it. But look at what Jesus said to them. Let's read the second verse together. This is it. The reason why those will remain is because Jesus said no. The reason why they remain in the church, wrong doctrine and all the bad pastors, a minister who wake up today and then sack his wife, say Holy Spirit told him to divorce his wife and to marry his, uh, 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 the lead singer. And everybody celebrated him in Nigeria. Yes. Nowhere by all the leaders of Nigeria and even celebrated him. I even took him to the company. Yes. Why should, how could that happen? And people didn't leave that church. Only few people left the church. All the young ones followed the man. They said, after all, uh, the, uh, uh, his bishop will listen to, to know what God is saying. All that. Why? The enemy sowed the weeds. And those weeds are growing now. Trying to change what Christianity is. But listen, 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 listen. It says... 
No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat. The reason why angels cannot pull them out now is because if the angels just come in with this anger and pull out, some Christians will fall. If they come to your life and just pull out all the weeds, you may deny God. So those will become torn in your life. That's why they didn't put it out. How would you get there now? Yeah. Now, look at the end of this. Let's, let's read this together. Listen to this. If you allow your weeds to grow, they have to last your lifetime. Those of you who are married, I beg you, your wife offend you. Call her. Tell her peacefully. Don't tell her because you are looking for trouble. What trouble are you looking for? You are married. Then what else? (laughs) Do you know? Am I saying something, guys? With your hand, you went to marry a woman. You are giving her trouble. Amen. And if it is you, the woman, the husband too is wrong. Why didn't you tell your husband, darling, please, this we have done, I don't like it. Not saying that. You, you, you didn't marry me to come and suffer me. No. No, that's not the way. You are talking to your beloved now. It's a mistake. Your heart should be, he's not guilty until proven guilty. That my husband didn't know. And you tell your husband, okay. And if he's the one who is arrogant, and he wants to prove that he's the head. The, for, the way to deal with him is to first thank him for the headship in this house. <laughs> that there is no head but you. Thank you so much for the way you have shown me love. Salute him. Tell him how many times you love him. Though in your heart you are hurting. You know you want to make sure weeds don't grow. And haven't told him how much he loves you and stuff, cook the best food for him to eat. Or take him out. He has been taking you out. Say, darling, I'm taking you out now. And when you get to the taking out, you women have so much power by God. I'm telling you, God gave women more power than men. Your power can bring kings down from the throne. And that same power can make kings to reign. And when you are on your, uh, your uh, dinner table, darling, you know, <laughs> like Esther, the reason, the reason why I brought you here is this. I love you so much and I don't want us to quarrel. You know, the other time you did this and you said that, I've forgiven you, but I will, I will appreciate that you don't do that to me next time. This is what I expect to do. If you do that to a madman, the food will have healed, <laughs> the food will have healed his madness. That he will tell you, ask me for anything to the third of my kingdom, and it shall be yours. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? My, my old dialect. They always say that the ocean, you know, as the ocean rage, you don't see it that way. When the ocean rage, 
All right, it's a small range, though it's massive. The waves. If you now apply same wave force, it will become a tsunami that will destroy. Somebody must say yes. What about? Is it only me who says sorry all the time? If you are the one who has the grace of sorry, God puts you there for the grace He has given you. Are we together now? For someone to say I'm sorry all the time in a marriage, it's not a, it's not a weakness. It's a strength, really. Because God will, will credit you more because you are using that grace to maintain God in that home. He will bless you more than the other. The other one it is from you. Be, she, that person will be asking you, what is God saying? That should be your portion. Come on now. Hey, look at me. I hate divorce, says the Lord. And I hate a man who covers himself with violence. What you don't see me do, don't do. I will never be the bishop who will say that Holy Spirit is saying what Holy Spirit did not say. So when you look at this scripture, therefore, let both grow until the harvest time. That's the reason why those who perpetrate error in church are getting stronger. Oh, the Lord is saying to me, tell people he has to give a thousand pounds. Every human being who says that is a liar. I'm talking about God who I read about, but also the one who appeared unto me. He doesn't speak that way. He would rather say somebody is here who has a need, and he will tell you the need. And he say, blessed is the man who fulfills the need. First Corinthians chapter 14 tells you that. Prophecy does not greed on people. No. God don't say nonsense. God is not a beggar. In the book of Second Chronicles chapter, Second Corinthians chapter eight and nine, he said, "When you give, you should give according to what you have decided." And he said, "You should give not under compulsion." Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. At least those of you who were in this building from the beginning, when we were buying this building, you will recognize that this church did not raise a penny until we bought this building. We didn't. We didn't ask people that contributes when we were at New Cross. We just said we found a building and that's it. We went for it. We bought it. We bought it because the Lord told me from scratch of this church, every offering must not be touched. It should be saved. It's a legacy in CRT globally. You don't touch your offering. You save it. And your building fund, you save your offering into your building fund. Because if you, are, you start church from your house or hiring a place, you want to buy a property for the Lord. So for 20, 22 years at that time, our offering was always saved. It was not touched. My salary was not increased, okay? Even when there is a need for it, if the, the, from the tithe that we earn, we cannot pay staff, okay? They will pay all staff. It is I, minister, who will not be paid. As for my administrators, they are here. And we did that, and we did that, and we did that, and we did that. I worked in CF teacher for seven years, no one penny increment inside that. You know, because I was a qualified surveyor before I became a pastor. I had a job of 600 pounds a day, the Euro Tunnel. I was among the surveyors given contract to come and do the last shot. My head is hot, hotter than Copot. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but anyway... And when we saw this building, we have saved millions. We bought the building straight away. It is when we entered this building, we decided that, okay, we need to renovate. And we told the church, we need X amount to renovate. 
And people gave what they had. And when the money was complete, I told you it is complete. No, don't, don't give anymore. And if you give at all, it will go for something else. When we are going to buy this chair, all the chairs here did not exist. This place was a bingo hall. These chairs did not exist. We saw model of the main chair upstairs, and we went to India to, to manufacture. And the Indians said that this, uh, China, sorry, China, to manufacture. And you remember, every one of you were here. That they told us that a chair is 130 pounds. And we told the church that a chair is 130 pounds. And people gave what they had. Those who had in the time of roof gave. Those who didn't have did not. In the time of chair they had, they gave. And we don't monitor who gave, who didn't give. So that my attitude to anybody is the same. It's not because you gave something, I don't know what to give. Because I don't know about what comes into this church. I'm the general overseer, general founder, procreator, whatever, of this curator of this church. And when they take offering here, I don't know anything about it. There are people who are chartered accountants, they are directors of finance in the organization, and certified for the examiner. They handle the finance. Hello? I sit in the office of a seer. When you come to me, I tell you what will happen to you. Have I collected prophet offering from you before? So where did it come from? The enemy. Don't leave my scripture. The enemy so tears. But you know something, am I not blessed? Come on now, talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am blessed. Someone said to me, What is your net worth? I said, What all my members worth is my net worth. I work their nights as Christ would to ensure your success. My success is your success. I have to lay my back force for you to climb. Now that all of you have climbed, I went to law. No wonder God is giving me outstanding distinction in the field of law. I have put my back for all of you to climb. You have all climbed. Now I too I can climb to reach with you now. Isn't it? Any minister different from me, I wonder the God who called him. I wonder the God who called him. Satan so tears. When we sleep. But when they grow to become weeds, angels cannot deal with them anymore. They have to wait until the day of harvest. Don't let your tears in your family, in your home, become weeds. Because they will become a thorn in your flesh throughout your life. Deal with your tears by being alert. If all these weeds start growing, I have them in my garden along my, the, the, you know, if you, my walkway. We have these, um, you know, tiles. You see them growing. When they are just growing, you can pull them out from the roots. But when they have grown and become, you know, their blades are funny, you touch them, they bite you. Yes? Are you with me now? It is only pride and arrogance that makes a person not to deal with his problem early. Pride and arrogance. And that is from the devil himself. Come on now. I have five more minutes. 
In these five minutes, I want to tell you what Jesus said, the interpretation. So if you look at this scripture, I said, let's both grow until the day. Go to verse 37 of this Matthew 13. 36, really. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Say the parable. Now let's hear what Jesus said. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is who? Who is that? Say it again, the son of man. Now let me say this to you. Say to yourself, I am good. I am the seed of the son of man. That's what you are. God destined good for your life. I can't believe different. What you are going through does not determine where you are going. Are you understanding me? If you have a problem now, all of us have problem. There is no man under heaven who did not have problem. If a man says I don't have problem, that's the day he started having problem. We pass through seasons. But we are good seed, planted by Christ Himself. Now look at what it says, the next verse. The field is this world, and that em- includes the church and non church. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. That's why I say you are the good seed. The weeds are the people of the evil one. Now understand this. People of the kingdom does not mean those who go to church. Because there are people who come to church, but they are evil. Yes? Hmm? Somebody who slander other people, are they good? They are evil, they are four. But are they not in church? They are in church. People who get envious because of success of others. Somebody is always giving testimony and promoted today. Next month, he gave testimony and yeah, I promoted. The following month, ah, God just bought a house for me. The next month, he said, ah, God just bought me a car. And so everyone said, ah. So we know your testimony. What, the moment they see it, they say, ah, your, your, your brother is coming again. Look at yourself. He's coming again. The same thing he will say. Is that good or evil? It is evil to say things like that. Because I would say rejoice with those who want Anything evil is anything contrary to the word of God. If it's the, the, we have been praying for everybody to succeed, isn't it? And it will be your turn one time. That success will just swing to you. It may swing to you for one year. Every month is success. Everybody is success. Everybody is success. You are going to have your own waiting time too. So if I do not rejoice with you in your success time, I have sown a seed of evil which I must reap. So that my own success time will be impeded and hindered. Evil. Evil. Blessed is the man who works on the counsel of the wicked, or sit in seat of scoffers, or stand in his ways of sinners. Anyone who does that is what? Evil. Therefore, look at what he says here. And the enemy who sows the seed is what? The devil. Evil comes from the evil. If you look at devil, that D, hyphen it in the middle, it will become D, evil. No, devil is D, E, 
Then when you say D and hyphen, and then you say E V I L, call it D evil. It's no more devil. It's D evil. So evil come from the devil. Evil thoughts, evil conduct, evil behavior. Now let me help you understand why those in church who are saints of God borrow their mind to the devil to oppress does not make them evil people but it makes them an alliance a personal alliance with the devil of course saints can repent all right because when the wheat is just weed is just growing it can be getting rid of but when it becomes when it grows blade and that's where we're ending the, 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 this discussion. The harvest and the enemy who sows is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the harvesters are angels. Do you see this now? So, which means that those weeds that have come with, with blade, they cannot be helped. They will remain until rapture. So all the false prophets you are having in churches all over the world, they will continue until end of age. You will, that's what the Lord helped me to understand. Because I'm thinking that there's a revival, a revival will come that will change everybody. The Lord showed me, no. Some of them have grown blade. For those who have grown blade, they have passed redemption. Because they say in the book of Thessalonians, for those who decide to perish, to perish as they go. These ministers who have given themselves to evil and they have grown tentacles, ah, it will be unjust of God to let them enter the kingdom of God. Hebrews chapter 5 and 6, actually 6, it says to you that when somebody had known the kingdom of the power of the kingdom and enjoyed it, and then he goes back to this, he will say there is no redemption for him. And the Lord made me, when the Lord was telling me, my anger subsided. <laughs> that for evil you haven't seen, in church you haven't seen. You will see more evil. Listen to me, the whole world. The church of God and I will see more evil. In the church. Let me help you understand. You remember in the church of God before, you know, nobody can come to the church and say that I'm a born again witch. Yes? Correct? Yes, sir. Because either you are a witch or you are born again. Is that true? Yes, sir. So, same way, nobody can come and say I'm a born again prostitute. That I'm a prostitute but I'm born again. I'm still in prostitution. Correct? Yes, sir. Yes? Yes, sir. So, nobody can say I'm a purifier and I'm born again. Yes? Yes, sir. And nobody can say, I'm a homosexual and I'm born again. Yes? But today it's changed. It's changed. The weed was planted. Now it has grown blade. So, you have Christians who are involved in all those conducts. In quote, Christian. And they are still claiming born again. Even they have pastors. They speak in tongues. But if you are a good seed, you will know that Satan speaks in tongues as well as God. Correct? Correct. I've been teaching you about that for five weeks. You meet the Christian, tell him, shut up. Tell me what you are saying. Don't rabba me. Tell me what you are saying. If you can't say, be quiet, please. I don't want rabba here. Talk to God in the language that he understands. Does it mean that we don't pray in tongues? We do pray in tongues because they build our spirit up. But praying in tongues is not for show. It's not for strength. It's not to show that you think you have something others don't have. No, it's just a grace that should bless the people. But you see all these people who have been who are weeds 
in church. Ah, you have apostles among them, you have prophets among them, you have pastors, teachers, evangelists. You remember the witch planted by the Lucifer? The, you have uh, general overseers, you have bishops, archbishops, you have everything. And many will be deceived by them because in them is the, is the spirit of false prophets. I'll teach you on the, the, the end time very shortly. A church where you go and you can dress anyhow, you call that a church? Come on, they are weeds, my friend. You see them now, women putting on a, a mini skirt and the whole of their last is showing because in their heart they have decided to go out with the intention to seduce other men. That is the spirit behind them. And that's what informs them. Open their breasts and all stuff like that. Half naked and stuff. In a short time, you will find churches where you can go naked, stark naked. You write my words down. In your lifetime, you will see it. Because you see, the church of God before, nobody in all these fields of sin can ever claim of the church. They come into the church and break down into tears of repentance. That is the church I was born. That is the church I grew from. But the church today is different. The church today is saying that with your sin you can still be a minister of God. Something has gone wrong somewhere. The Lord made me understand this midnight that the weeds are in the church to stay until judgment. But you see, woe to he who is deceived by them. Because for those who have decided to go to Paris, to Paris, they go, says the Lord. I have been praying for repentance of some of them. From tonight, I shut my mouth. Why should I pray for their repentance when they will not? Jesus says he will destroy them. They will not repent. So, from tonight, I decided to go to the ignorance. Not to the perpetrators. That's why I said that my anger was subsided. I will teach people about God. I will show you how you can operate in the power of God. And I will demonstrate it. Those who are for salvation will follow me. And God will raise more breeze. Islam, they sound a clear note. They have their culture. And you know them. Dedicated Islamic girls, they wear their hijab. And they don't care who you are. How can Christian girls be different? Because the man planted with no wonder you have divorce at the highest rate in Christianity. It did not happen. It ever did not happen in my time. Divorce is not part of conception of a man who is born again. Where I was raised, as I was raised in Pentecostal, in the 60s, 70s, you don't, you don't, you, it, it is an abomination for a Christian to mention it. But even from the pulpit today, they celebrate adultery. Is not what you, you, you can't mention it. It's an abomination. It, it cannot come to your brain. If you have the thought of that, you, that's why you go and fast and beg God for even thinking about it. But today, those who are supposed to be ministers are wallowing in it. Because they are weeds. They are weeds. It says, And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Finish that scripture for me. As the weeds are pulled up and burnt in the fire on earth, so it will be at the end of age. 
The next one, the Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that does what? Causes sin and all who what? Do evil. Now, this tells you that he's talking about the church because he's saying that they will weed from his church kingdom. Okay? Two things they will weed from the kingdom those who cause sin. Anybody who help others to sin in the church will be weeded out. Anybody who also live in evil will be weeded out. I pray for every mortal man who hear my voice, may you not be weeded out. Listen to me. God showed me the clock of the world. At 12 o'clock, Jesus was supposed to come. But the world is now just a little bit over quarter past twelve. We are in injury time. Hence all this threat of disaster you are hearing all over the whole way, all place. Jesus will soon send his angels for the weeding. Anybody that is found in the church in the acts of Promoting sin and encouraging others to sin, we born in fire. Look, it is better for a man never to be born than to go to hell. Let me help you understand this. Anyone who lives in sin, go back to that verse before you go to gnashing of teeth. Anyone, the, the two people, angels will wait from the kingdom. Those who cause sin. You incite people against themselves. You always do things that will put sorrow in other people. You cannot say that the Holy Spirit lives in you. He's not the one who does that. You rejoice at evil. You celebrate the downfall of others. I was reading some scriptures which I will teach you when I come back. Jesus said when you pray, repent first and forgive those who have hurt against you. So, if you are not forgiven and you are praying, can you imagine how stupid the person is? Oh, they are telling you that you can't do that. Just let go. As far as I'm concerned, hell. It is the voice of hell. Because those who are going to heaven don't do as far as they are concerned, they do as far as it is written. As far as the Bible is. Whether it's inconvenient for my ego, my ego may perish so that Bible can be exalted. Whether it's, you know, hard for my, my pride, may my pride become ashes so that the word of God can be true. Whether I will not have food to eat, may I be hungry. Whether I will suffer in pain to death, may that be rather than to contravene the scripture. Put knife on my head, I will not contravene the word of God. I better be beheaded. Because death is not the end of man. It is the beginning of man. The Lord told me this. Do you know? The little time you spend on earth is so little compared with your eternity. And that is what determines what will be of you after death. Forever and never. People go to, when they go to hell, they never get out. Forever and never and never. No matter how much you intercede, you just die fasting for them. And you to may go to where they are. Because you are fasting ignorantly. It is a journey of no return. 
when a man dies, what he dies in is forever. You die in Christ forever, pleasure. You die in this in sin, gone. Either you cause others to sin or you live in sin. What I would not want you to do to me, I'm talking about a reasonable man in Clapham Omnibus. You don't do to others. Because that statement has to be qualified. There are some people who love people to offend them so that they can have opportunity to revenge. To cut them off my statements. Look, what are the pleasures you have in the world? Temporary. Temporary. Yes? yes sir. But to obey God is everlasting. It says in that scripture, they will weed out of the kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the last verse says, shall we together please? And then, give me 20, 40, 42 and 43 on the board. Please, let's stand up. Do you know that God has not ordained us for us? God prepared a paradise for everyone to live in. He did not prepare a place for us to suffer. We are going to pray. But before we pray, it says, The angels of God will throw them into blazing furnace, where there will be gnashing, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is everything that causes Everything that, give me for that 41 with it so that people who are just doing 41 down to 43 block it together. Now let us understand the so, let's read together. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ear, let them hear. You are going to lift up your voice today. And you begin to speak to your life. The father, protect my heart and mind from the deception of Satan in the last days. So I begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Protect our hearts and minds from the deception of Satan. The pleasures of this world. All the institutions Satan set out to deceive mankind. Protect our hearts and minds from it. Tell the Lord, help me, O God. Help me, O God. Give me discernment. Let me follow your righteous way.